0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW proof. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
0: Man, I'm so, I'm so
1: hyped right now. Anything's
0: possible.
2: R.S.G. Renegade radio, where oh, real guys talk real sports. Allow me to introduce the illustrious three man booth. I want winners. What's your name, boy? Watch the game changes? What's your name, boy? Be wealthy. Well, well. Now, ladies and gentlemen. TLC,
1: sports, PhD, the
2: world famous, Ray, they are who we thought they were, we need more R-S-G, Renegade, radio, the plug is about to, open, about to open,
0: everybody has an opinion,
2: man must ever go, we're taking R-S-G to the next level. Alone, you play to win the game. You could gripe about Mike's game, but I don't see shooting percentage being it. I mean, no. I'm not is the third overall player on my
1: list.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I I blame it on nintendo <laughs> Provocative.
2: We don't make you know. We're not
1: gonna
2: make excuses. You need to move more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror, I look good. I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. Can't wait.
1: Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? All
2: right, welcome to the Real Sports Guys, or Real Guys talk Real Sports. This is D Wilson I'm in the building. We got a great show. This is going to be heavy uh NBA uh talk tonight. You know, we're going to talk about the the, the incredible series that we had uh just conclude game 7. Uh so we're going to spend some time talking about, you know, what's go- what's going to happen with the Heat, but also what is in the go? Uh we'll look into the the final series uh, we're gonna get real deep with this. There's a lot of talk that's been going on uh today. Uh this is gonna be one of those three man weed type shows where we we're gonna flow uh with a lot of it because there's so much energy, you know, uh the fellas we've been going back and forth uh on Facebook and Twitter and everything else is going about this. So we got a lot of pent up energy uh going on uh in this in the show. And uh we gonna we're gonna get into that. Uh, game changer is going to be coming off the bench in a little while, and so we'll we'll be bringing them in. But you know, I can't stop. You know, Phil T. You know, the man is—he just been. I've been looking at all the, the the text and everything else. He just been doing it. So you know, I got to welcome to the show and just get a feel for his energy. How you doing? Listen, we talking about
3: practice, not a game, <laughs> not a game, not a game. We talking about
2: practice.
3: Devon, we're going back to the basics this week. You know, RSG, com. this this is our thing, NBA playoff basketball. So we are taking it back to the foundational mission statement of barbershop talk, real guys talking real sports. And so I'm looking forward to getting back to the roots this week. You know, I've been gone the last couple of weeks, and like you said, pent up. I'm ready to let it roll.
2: See now and if you go to at R S G D Wills Wills, which is at R S G D W I L S, you will actually see me sitting in the barbershop chair. In the actual That's right. barbershop. That's how I'm rolling. I'm just trying to let you know what the feel is. So if you ever want to go back and forth with me, give me what you think, just go to R S G E W I L S R S G D Wills and uh on Twitter and uh we can go back and forth, but you'll see me sitting in my chair chilling with my barber talking that jump that's how we do it just imagine us Phil is right now sitting in a chair that's probably i a nice tight i don't know how how, how would you I'm do i right would, would i'm right next right to next you. right next to me right. in the tight that's how we that's how we rolling on this one of the things we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is that you know one of the exciting additions over the last year uh has been uh uh inside uh inside the park uh one of the, our, our our big time additions uh, to the R.G. family, and uh, recently I know we've been announcing on Twitter and Facebook. Art, Art Depe has been um, uh, uh, is is, is going to be taking a a a leave from us uh, from the show, but he's going to be part of. We like Wu Tang. Sometimes our artists go off and they do projects, and then they come back and do stints with us. That's we told you we're the Wu Tang. Uh, but what's been what's good about um, what we got going on uh right now is that um uh we have an opportunity uh to continue to develop our our, our brand and so uh I have I'm fortunate enough to have um you know two of the members of uh, uh inside the park uh on uh uh on the show with us. Uh one new, one old. Um uh right not, right now I got Mike on the air. And uh Mike you there? I am here. And, and the thing about Mike is that, you know, Mike is, what, you, what you'll learn about Mike uh, who's, who's been holding down from the beginning is that he's versatile. So he's the kind of cat you talk about a lot of different sports, but he just, he just crushes baseball. And uh, uh, I've known him for a long time, been a good friend of mine. Um, you know, y'all had a couple of shows on your belt this year, Mike. What has it been like uh, getting back into stretching legs for the second year and kind of getting it going again. What, what, what has the season been like, and, and what can people expect to hear from y'all this year and the second year?
0: Uh, you know what, the, the second year is, is always sweeter than the first. And I'll tell you what, it's like you, you, you graduate high school, you say goodbye to your friends, you go to college, and then you come back that next summer and it's like you never left. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, we've been having fun, Hank and I, RJ, and now Lamar coming on. We're just adding to the group. But it's been it's been a great baseball season. You know, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of surprise teams, and a lot of teams that just disappoint. And most importantly, Hank's been wrong on a lot of stuff. I just got to put that out there. And that drives
2: me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hank, Hank, it is funny. I got that continuum going. RJ was kind of like the, uh, uh, you know, Billy Bean using all the stats. You're kind of in the middle. And then – you know, Hank is kind of that old school cat. That yeah, is like an right. that old scout. That yeah, you know, I haven't heard a a, a a shot off the bat like that since. Right. Hank hey, you know that. Right. <laughs> Hank is all about the eyeball tough. test.
0: The eyeball
2: <laughs> test. And yeah, when y'all start talking on numbers, he gets frustrated.
0: He does. <laughs> he does his predictions with the magic eight ball and chicken bones. That's how he thinks it. <laughs> but he's consistently he's consistently wrong. And it makes you know R.J. and I look good. And Lamar came in, and I, you know it's just not fair. He's just been set up way too nice, you know.
2: Well, you know the, the interesting thing about this, and we'll bring Lamar in. You know, R.J. was a lot like Avery Johnson, and I told I told I, I, I told uh, 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 Lamar that he's kind of coming on uh, like a, like a young uh, uh, Tony Parker. He, he's got to fit in with the veterans. Who won a title, and so he's trying to uh, figure out how to how to make that connection. How are y'all going to help him make his? Because cause like try to tame you and Hank is like I I, I listen to y'all. It's hard to tame y'all. Yeah. <laughs> how, how 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 is he expected
0: to do that? Well, <laughs> well, first of all, he appeases both of us. He sent a lot of flattering emails. Uh, I got a I got a cookie basket from Lamar the other day which was nice. He the tone right. I don't know if he baked them. They were very tasty, though, and appreciated. So we were set the early. And the best thing about Lamar that I see coming in is that he roots for the Cubs. So, therefore, he has no leg to stand on. He's obviously a true fan, so we respect that. And when your team is as bad as the Cubs are, it's like rooting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I believe he roots for as well. You know, <laughs> Lamar. Lamar's the only
2: is he. Lamar's taking up here He's laughing right now. Lamar's the only guy I know. He's a Midwest guy that likes the Cubs. And I've never heard anybody north of Jacksonville be a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. So, so, so Lamar, you here? You've been taking on. I told him you like a young Tony Parker coming in with Ginobili and uh, uh, Duncan, and you got to figure out how to fit in here without Popovich. Taking you out the game. Welcome, Lamar. How you feel, man? How you feel about being on Inside the Park? I'm happy to be on Inside the Park. What's going on, fellas? Now, you, now, now, now. Mike has been saying that uh, you know, you, you know, they're ready to go. They're razzle and dazzle. You know, you kind of got the table set a little bit this week. How are you feeling? Like you, you want to contribute to the group?
1: Just forever, I can fit in. I love to talk sports and. I, yeah, I throw out the stats, too, you know, but I've uh, been really studying and looking at everything lately. I'm just very curious to see how everybody else thinks about uh, what's going on at this point in baseball. So I wish I had a little bit more time to talk to you guys tonight, but I'm, you know, getting some shots up with some sprints there. One of
2: the things they don't know about you that you also play a, a little bit of uh, 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 semi-pro basketball, right? So you you all sport, right? Yep, all sport. You, you, you know, so you trying to you trying to see if you can get, you really can be that Avery Johnson get that Avery Johnson
1: contract right?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm on that
1: Avery Johnson. I'm, I'm trying to get that uh, that, that role player that uh, that mid exception that mid level exception. I can I can I can roll with that. <laughs> <laughs> so so what about the Cubs, man? What are your
2: Cubs going to do? Because Mike going to crush you. you all on the same division. Oh. What's your Cubs going to do?
1: Uh, that, you know what? They'll be all right, but uh, you know the the Reds right there too. You know it's not like they're at the top.
2: So so we so so, so who's gonna finish who gonna finish higher? The Cubs or the Reds?
1: And why? That's a good question. Um, I think at this point that comes down to. I mean, I know it's it's one of the biggest factors, but I think uh, I think is gonna come down to one factor, and then another thing is if. You know, it comes to a point if the Cubs are out of contention in another month or so, they'll start getting rid of pieces such as Matt Garza and possibly Soriano and other names. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I don't, you know what? If Cynthia he stays healthy and and they make a move, they might finish a couple games ahead of the Cubs. But I mean, who knows what to expect from the Cubs right now? So you're say you saying the bottom is
2: the bottom, right? you saying the bottom is the bottom. Both of y'all are going to be at the bottom. It's just, who's going to eat more? Is that what you're talking about? Mike, <laughs> not, Mike is not saying anything, but he, he he's not counting you because he just knows that he's, like, he, he's on the sinking ship, too. So it doesn't matter uh, for both of y'all. <laughs>
0: really? <laughs> the
1: birds, the birds, the birds <laughs> the are the <laughs> bottom of the
0: bottom. Is If the all-star break comes, they blow a whistle, and the Reds go home and forget to play the second half of the year. That, that, that the only way... <laughs> to happen. <laughs> but that's <how> so, I- all <laughs> well I, I I'm going to probably join y'all for a
2: few minutes uh this Wednesday at eight thirty, uh to, to, to kick things off. But I, I what I will say is I'm looking forward to it. Uh you know, uh, Lamar, you're gonna be you're gonna be a young Tony Parker, so they're gonna beat you up in the locker room uh until you, uh-huh. you earn your leg. You know, you know, Avery Avery's going off to Talk to David about some other stuff. And so you're going to have to figure out to get those shots. You've got to get that mid-range jumper. So I hope you're working on that in the gym. And uh, I'm looking forward to you, guys. Have a great season. Uh, I will be on there with you all tomorrow night. Folks, if you want to hear Inside the Park, it's it's the best show about baseball, underground radio, 830 Central, 930 Eastern on RSG. You can go to realsportsguys.com to get there, or you can go to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good evening. And enjoy it, and uh, talk to you soon.
1: Thanks
2: talk to us. you soon, guys. We're about to transition in. You know, I, I got you know, I got my 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 guys into the arena. You know, I I think the game changer's in the building. He laced up a little yeah. bit. He he he's, he's lathered up. He's stressed up. He uh, his knees are a little bit better. Uh, then Dwayne Wade, so wow, not down performance. <laughs> That's how you me. <laughs> You're gonna be a little concerned. Wow, winning! What's up, man? How you doing? Wow, winning! Yeah, I- I'm great, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to get this game seven going and, and get it popping, man. Uh, no D Wade. I'm ready to bring. It. I ain't gonna complain about
1: touching.
2: <laughs> we need more dogs. <laughs> Oh man, nah, not complaining about touches, man. I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> we, got, we got we got, a slamming show going. Uh, PhD in the house. PhD in the house, ready to rock, playing around with the board. <laughs> right, having a good time. Pressing buttons. Pressing buttons like a six year old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey DJ, we, said, we told him, we told the listeners it's going to be an old school. So it's gonna be an old school RSG night tonight.
0: This is gonna right, be we're in the barbershop. The, 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 we're in the barbershop the, the, tonight. The early days. The early days. The early folks. The
2: hardcore folks who listen to them early days when we were just really in the barbershop. That's the kind of night we're gonna to
0: have tonight. Yeah, ain't
2: gonna be no QT Ain't, ain't gonna be no cutie drops tonight. Ain't gonna be no segments. We're just gonna get down and dirty talking about the NBA playoffs and just I want winners. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So why don't we go ahead and jump into this conversation. Um, we just had one of the most entertaining Eastern Conference Finals I've seen in a minute. Um, Indiana, Miami, it got rough. It got wild. You know, Birdman, 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 bird, <laughs> <Ben> Birdman, Birdman, <laughs> Birdman, took Birdman, 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 you know, he took, he took out Psycho-T, um, you know, the cats was getting into it. You know, catch getting teed up. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a tough, highly contested series. Uh, But honestly, I was surprised. I was surprised personally. The Pacers made it much tougher than I thought they could. Why do you guys think the Pacers made it so tough? I mean, I just didn't see them being able to do that to Miami. Um, Miami, I didn't didn't think they were going to have it this difficult with anybody in the East but the Pacers made it difficult. What do you guys think? d what do you think? How do you think the Pacers made this so difficult for Miami? Uh, You know, I I think that, um, you know, you you never know when somebody's going to wake up. And I I think Roy Hibbert waking up created problems. I mean, you could see him mature as the playoffs got deeper and deeper. And I think – uh, the confidence he gained because he didn't play like this during a regular season um, really created problems because you didn't expect him to play because of the way he played in a regular season. And then just David West being David West, which is, he's he's physical, he's mean, he hurts you when he walks past you. And then you got the young superstar growing up, Paul George, now one of the things I said before the series, will he be able to have that moment? He had a couple of those moments. You know, he's learning how to do it, but he had one of those moments that only superstars can have. I mean, he had some dunks from folks that just, you know, sent you into once you make you run out the street and yell and holler. And you had that combination of belief and then, you know, they you know, they believe they match up well. You know, you know, NBA playoffs is about matchups. And I think certain teams believe they match up well against certain teams. And I think Pacers is one of those teams who really feel like the Bulls, that they match up well against the Heat. And they really can counter with the Heat, and they believe in their heart they can do that. So I think it was those circumstances coming together that made it much tougher, along with Wade struggling, you know, in a way that he struggled and boss struggling. I mean, those factors coming together made it a much tougher series. Okay. So, PhD, do you do you agree or disagree with D Will's assessment of why the pacers made this tough on the heat? Yeah, it was
3: Hibbert. It was Hibbert and you know, we have a few theories on this show and you know, Dang, seventeen and seven theory. <laughs> it's like this theory, Lu- Luol Lual Dang averaged twenty nine, twelve and seven. He just busted up, like he was your number one guy. And that's what Roy Hibbert did in the majority of the games this series. Now, my Roy Hibbert theory, just to refresh some of the listeners out there, is that we don't get really excited about guys like Roy Hibbert. They just don't do it for us. You know, whether it's inconsistency, they don't look or fit the certain role or idea that we have for stars. But i tell you what, my man stepped up. And he he's just what the heat did not want to see to be successful, so to me, he was a difference. He didn't play as well in game seven, and you know big guys you gotta get him the ball, so I put that more on his teammates in the game plan for not getting him more involved. But as a Miami Heat fan, I was thrilled. Uh, with the results of Game 7, and, and I'm looking onward to the finals.
2: So we're talking about Roy Hibbert and the Roy Hibbert theory. All right. We got we to gotta really get into this dude, man, because you talk about coming out of nowhere. He didn't necessarily come out of nowhere because this is a guy who, because of the nature of the center position in the league, is a borderline all-star um, at his position. But at the same time, as you said, P.A.Z., as the Roy Hibbert theory states, yes, he is a very talented player. He's really good. But I just can't quite buy into him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was talking and, about
3: this with you guys last week that, you know, all-NBA, Tim Duncan, you know, what, 18-9, and 18-10 this year, if he was playing in the 80s, This season, not his career, but this season, which was a first-team All-NBA season for a center, he may not even make an All-Star game with those numbers. And so I think when you see a guy like Hibbert dominate, you know, for a whole series against the best team in the NBA, it speaks to how weak the center position is and how much it's evolved. You know, I've said it before, the NBA center position is like the NFL fullback 34 years ago. And what it is now It's just totally going to be phased out I think at some
2: point See I have a better analogy I came up with this analogy this weekend About NBA centers And I think it fits really well Me and my brother was chopping it up Talking about the the, the series and, And basketball in general And I said NBA centers Are like female rappers In the 90's Late 80's it was lots of female rappers. Now, they wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a ton of them, but it was enough where it meant something to be the best female rapper. You had your Moni Loves. You had your MC Lights, your Queen Latifas, you know, your Lauren Hills, you know, even Missy Elliott, the Brats. You know, you had cats like that, ladies like that who could actually rap, you know, who were solid rappers. Were they amazing? No. But they were solid rappers. Now, Lauren could kill anybody. Queen, she can get with anybody in her day. MC Light can get with anybody in her day. Fast forward to 2013, the female the the landscape of female MCs is, is pretty scarce. You know, to the point where you have somebody like a Nicki Minaj who is kinda a rapper, kinda a singer, who can pass as the best quote unquote female MC out there. So that's what you have today in the NBA, where you got guys who kinda play the post, you know, who are kinda centers, and they can pass as being a dominant big, because you know when you compare them to the '90s centers of the '90s, it was a lot, it was it was quite a few high level cats, you know, who who could get it done. And then you fast forward to now, and you see the numbers dwindle over time, and then you get to now where it's like. If you that one cat who can kinda handle himself on the block, then you the bees knees. You know we don't know whether – and 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 it switches from week to week. One week is Gasol, the next week it it the People want to talk about Gasol being the best. Next week they want to talk about Finem, Dwight Howard. You know we're trying to find somebody to to anoint the best center in the league, and I don't even know if it matters. <laughs> Because who cares if Nicki Minaj is the best female rapper? That's, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, so, and who's your competition. But what I would say about Hibbert is that there's a couple of things. He comes out of the one school of big men, Georgetown. And the way in which he's developing with the way he's shooting the ball, using the hooks, using a lot of the 80s moves, if he continues to do that, he's going to eat all day. And it's one of those things I say it's a lost art. You know, he he bring it back. That move don't go away. That move can transcend anything. And so what I see is because if you think about it, if you look at his story they did when of was on the halftime, he could barely walk and chew gun when he arrived at Georgetown. So he like a late bloomer in a lot of different ways. He's finding his stride. The one thing I'm still trying to figure out is that run down the court he got. He got, look, he got to run that kind of um, that old seventies middleweight The right
0: That's run, the high <laughs> run. the <laughs> run's <The> <laughs> run. <The> <laughs> run taking us back
2: to the sixties. I'm trying to. He he, he got some of that. That's you can't quite it. buy into that, brother.
1: Because it's I like, just, yo, man, what
2: yeah. are you doing? <laughs> he he got no cool points to, like, to him. But the thing about it, he don't care. You know, he like the cat who really don't care if you laugh at me because I'm still going to do what I'm doing. That's what makes him dangerous if he buys into it. You know, he's already talking about the things he has to work on in the offseason. So something like this that gives you confidence, plus he comes from the right school. He comes from a school with a like you said, the Mount Rushmore big man. So there's a legacy around that. So he's going to be an interesting guy going forward with this. But the one thing that's clear about the playoffs is that having a stroll whether they, they are forward, whether it's LeBron, being able to do something in the post and score easy is like running the football at the end of the game. It makes scoring easy. You don't have to work that hard. And so I think some of these teams are realizing how important that is. And it would be interesting how that has an impact going forward. Yeah, so so here's the, here's the thing. I think you're right, D. Will. And, you know, me and you have gone back and forth on this. And I have to say, you know, it is – you're right. The playoffs have proven you right, and I'll give you that. I'm I'm totally giving you that. I'm conceding that. You know, you got to have that guy who at least – and in this Pacers Heat series it has been evident that you have to have a guy who at some point you have to double on the block because that creates – the panic, the rotation out of it. You either have to have somebody you got to double off the pick and roll, or you got to have somebody you can double off the block. But at some point, you have to make two guys guard one. Once yep. you can do that, then that ball movement becomes more deadly where you can get those open looks, those open threes. Because when Hibbert wasn't on the floor, the Pacers were very stagnant. They really didn't right. generate any offense. And, but once Hibbert came back out and the he had to double. Then you start start seeing things open up. So I got I got to tip my hat to you on that. The question I want to ask, and I want PhD to come in first on this one, is who is the real Roy Hibbert? Though that's really what we got to get into, um, because is he the cat that gave you twelve points, eight rebounds, and two and a half blocks a game during the season, or is he going to be twenty one and ten? during the regular season, shooting 54% from the floor, 79% from the line. Who is he? I think right now
3: we have to label Roy Hibbert the ultimate wild card. And wild card is a synonym for inconsistent.
2: I thought that was Lance Stevenson. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're going to have to fight over that one.
0: I mean, we're going
2: to have to give Lance his own segment after we get done with Roy.
0: We're
2: going to have to talk about Lance. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: let's let's focus on Roy. My bad. <laughs> oh, that's fine with me. Roy, Roy is just inconsistent. And, and I don't know if it's one of those things where he needs to be motivated and he rose to the occasion because his team needed it, I needed him to do so, there were certain things about the Heat with the rivalry that just really ticked him off and got him going, and maybe that's why he stepped up. And it's, it's tough to, you know, reasonably expect that through, over the course of an 82-game season. I don't know, but I think we've seen enough to know that he has the potential and the talent to dominate like this all season. And 21-10 and 10, out of a center nowadays with a couple of blocks – is dominating, so I'm interested to see what he does throughout the season. He has stayed healthy, which is typically a knock on most big guys, and he his his footwork and his post moves have improved so much over the last couple of years since since he came in from Georgetown. And also, Game Seven wasn't a good te- you know wasn't a good uh, evidence for this, but typically he's playing more ball and fouling less. So I think he has the tools to really develop. If you think about it, this is what Marcus Gasol was doing a couple of years ago. He was really inconsistent, but we saw the potential. Different players, um, but I think Hibbert, given the right tools, and maybe it took Danny Granger to be out this season. Uh, Maybe it took, for Vogel to to design the offense to really um, – for him to be the center point along with George or the offense, I don't know. But Indiana has something. They've committed to him in terms of a max contract. Now they need to figure out how to utilize and maximize what they can get out of this guy.
2: Yeah. D. Wills, what did you think of Roy Hibbert walking off the court mm. <laughs> without shaking hands? <laughs> I laughed. What did you think? It, 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 it's it, to me, it's a sign of what he understands us to be, and 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 maybe that was a little over the top, but one of the things I mean, James, I, I remember one of the best things you ever said about, um, you said this about quarterbacks. But I think it, it applies to to any type of player, and uh, I think you also use this in basketball, your ability to self scout, and this tells me that this is where he's going. Is that when when he was in his post-game conference, I mean uh, press conference, he was saying, "I got to improve my quickness because he he was analyzing, you know, in order for me to come off on the screen and rolls, I got to be able to improve improve my foot speed. So in all seasons, I need to work on my foot speed. He was already thinking about the things that he really needs to focus on to take that next step. And I think when there's something about being in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals, people either shrink or they grow." And Roy was not, he did not shy away from the lights. Now, there's a couple people last night on the, on the page that shied away from the lights, and I knew they were. But he did not. He grew in the moment, he took it on. Wait, wait, wait. You got to, to name names. You got to name names. Who ran? Your boy Hugh. You. Yes, he ran. He, 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 he. he, he. And and, it's, and 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 but the thing about it, I knew this about him before he got there. So this, when we talk about where they need to go, I got some, but but he he just you know you could tell in his eyes he was like <laughs> he was folding like wet like noodles, he, and and he's been turning the ball over. But this kid was stepping into the light. He was not afraid to challenge it. So I think that's where he's going to go. But it's going to depend, as you know, with the big man is who you got in the backcourt. Because at times, he's going to do the right stuff. His fundamentals, he's going to be the right stuff. He's going to do the spacing. He's going to do the kind of stuff that Gasol has been doing. But he's going to need somebody to help get him the ball in some space. And I think that has a lot to do with his production of the regular season. They just don't have a good backcourt who knows how to deliver the ball to the post, which is a lost art in the NBA. I watch guys all the time. They don't know how to get the ball to the post where you can score. And, and I think, ain't nobody Huh? Because usually That's ain't here. Right. <laughs> in there. Ain't nobody <laughs> in there. Everybody around the three-point line. <laughs> oh, oh, You're being one threes nowadays. That's, That's right. Like That's why they half of job. them, they, they sitting at home watching on TV. You better, you better. Uh, Oklahoma City, get somebody in the post. Leave alone. But I, I think, I think, it, I think... The first step is self-scouting to dealing with inconsistency. When you when you get to the point where you're beginning to analyze your game and wanting to improve, that to me is an indication that you're going to be more consistent and that you're working to be more consistent. Okay. Now, we talked about consistent. We brought up Lance Stevenson. Um, <laughs> Mad wow. Ma. Wow! You Mad Max. Too? Seriously, I think, I think I think we got. I think we have to go. Lance Stevenson. We can't even go Mad Max no more. We can't. <laughs> I think Lance Stevenson has taken the wild card archetype and pushed it to another level, where it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like one on four, one on four. If Paul George would have done that, that would have been a bad move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not even the best guy in your own backcourt, and you're taking teams one on four, and then. The pouting, the, uh, he's just that dude who you play ball with at the court. And he's like, man, I, I, why did I get this dude on my team? Why did I pick up this? dude? <laughs> you know, like he looks all—he right, looked stable. He looks all right when you first picked him up. And then from, <laughs> from from that moment on, it was just like, yo, man, why are you? What are you complaining about? You know what I mean? Like somebody else gets scoring on, he talks to him. Let's switch. Let's switch. I got him. I- chill, chill, bro, chill. <laughs> First point of the game. First point of the game. But he can kill. First point of the game. All right. One possession. We're gonna be all right. Let's let's play this out and see how this goes. We matched it up before we came out here. Let's just stick with what we decided we were gonna do and see how it goes. You know. You know what I mean? That's that's him. That's him. He called. You know. He out there on LeBron. Don't talk to LeBron.
1: Come on, man. He, it,
2: have, have you heard from Deshaun Stevenson since? Stevenson. That's, that's it. That's it right there.
1: <laughs> that's,
2: that's it. That's it right there.
1: Absolutely. I just figured it
2: out. It's That last name. <laughs> Leave LeBron alone. You are not ready. Not at all. Anyway, Paul George, he had a great series. The uh, moment of the series for him, for me, was when he he uh, stutter step, blew past LeBron, Woo! came in and chest to chest, yammed on Birdman, Birdman, <laughs> just jammed on him. It gave a little yell, but then LeBron came back and said, "I'm the baddest man on the planet." <laughs> hit like a thirty footer. <laughs> now, his two elements. Here's two elements to that. At P A D? how did you feel about LeBron tapping him down? I'm
3: cool with it. It's 2013, man. It's it's a whole lot of things these cats are doing that old schoolers are going to look down on. But it's a day and age, and I thought it was kind of neat. I thought it was kind of cool. And, you know, game recognized game. It kind of put me back in the sense where, You know, LeBron is LeBron, and I remember Pat Riley and Jeff uh, Van Gundy used to get all upset with their players when Jordan would be in town and he'd take them out to dinner, you know, and they'd go out to clubs and whatnot, and the next night Jordan is just kill them on the court. And, you know, in some ways I'm thinking this young pup may not even know that LeBron is playing mind games with him, you know. But at the end of the day, I thought
2: it was cool. All right, D. Wills, you're old school. You're from the old
1: school. Yes. I'm think? about
2: to answer this question. The one thing I do want to say, every time I see uh, Stevenson, I think about that Bill Cowher moment when he had uh great Lloyd and he was like, Rush, the pastor. You know, you need somebody who, like, you know, he's hitting his hands on his shoulder pads, trying to get him focused, because he was having one of them Lance Stevenson moments. He's trying to get him, right. You know, like Vogel needed to, like, you know, just say, I just need you to, to do something, just this. The and that's the, thing that's the thing with Lance Stevenson, is what do you do well? I
0: understand I, I'm, I'm, what? Yeah. Yes. And I can't, I
2: can't even focus. What am I going to tell you to go do? <laughs> Not be crazy. Just, re, just rebound.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> rebound
2: on both ends of the court and give it up. But but I, I, I digress. I, what I would say is, when I saw that, it's kind of like, you know when a uh, two boxers fight, somebody hits you a nice shot and right at the end of the round, they tap gloves like, yeah, that was a nice shot. I'm going to come back out and get you. I thought it was more like that. That it was like, Yeah, that was a nice shot, you know, you hit me with a nice shot. We're gonna go back to our corners and come out and battle again. So I took it more like that rather than the kind of camaraderie we used to see it. I thought it was just like a nod in the head, when You you hit me with a shot to the stomach, I hit you in the jaw, well, those are two good shots, we're going back to the corner, we're gonna come out and do this again. So I took it more like that. I I, I I'm 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 kinda of in the camp of both of you guys. I saw nothing wrong with it. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was like, yeah, yeah, that was a nice dunk. He's out, but I got you back. Let's go. Let's keep, let's yeah, keep, going. Right. Let's keep this going. You know what I'm saying? Let's keep this moving. You know what I mean? And, and So I appreciated that. Now, here's where the rubber hits the road with Paul George. He had some great moments in this series. Um, to me, at times, there were times where he struggled a little bit um, as well, and you can see some of his youth and inexperience kind of come out. He's 23. That's to be expected. Here's where the rubber hits the road, though. You know, we have our whole club superstar analogy that we use when we're talking about NBA guys in particular, and who's in that elite class. Um, is he getting in yet, or do we got to check his ID at the door? Yeah, he he like young money. He don't quite get to get up in that. T- you know, he's like so. You know, he's like Drake in the early years. You tell you. You know, we know you got some star stuff you know we just want to make sure uh you got a couple more hits coming out before we let you in and i just i think he he needs to have another run like this. I mean, if he have another run like this next year then he gets in cuz he's got all the other tools but can you have another moment like this? Can you come back? is where i would i would i would say. I think this was a coming out party. Can you come back to the party? So i let you i let you come in because you got the number 1 hit this week but you can't come back next week until you have another hit. Okay, okay. PAZ, what's your assessment? Is he getting past you?
3: Absolutely. He he gets past but he's got a different type of membership card. He's got one that you know, I mean he's got that, that twelve I
1: mean
3: he's got that twelve month, maybe twenty four month uh membership card. So he doesn't have that emeritus. That lifetime membership card, you know, you've got that one, well, listen, man, you're going to need
2: to renew in a couple of years, but you're good till then. <laughs> well, said, it's a whole joke for a minute, but, um, it, I mean, it ain't going it, to, it, it ain't a free pass, though, bro. Right, and let me be clear, let me be clear with that, yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. 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 You
2: said, you said he, as a part of it, he's, he's got to, and he's also has to buy a certain number of dinners to stay in the club about two thousand Yeah, see, he doesn't get access to the VIP model section with Bron and Cole and Wade no. and, and those cats. You know, he he's down, he's downstairs on, on the lower level of the club. You know, still no. working the floor.
3: No, I think he know, gets he's got, in. I think he no,
1: he's in. No, he's in. He's He's, in, but he's he not up there,
3: but he gets in on the Apprentice, like the Apprentice mm. uh, up and coming. You know, card where, okay, we're gonna give you a year or two to figure this out. But if not, now we got to move
2: you to the Vince Carter room.
0: <laughs> for me, he's he still
2: got to work the floor for a little bit. You know, he okay. got to buy drinks for. He got to buy a couple rounds for the folks downstairs. He got. He got. He got to get in good with the people. He got to get the people behind him. You know, he's made a little bit of name for himself. Now he's got to build up some steam and get the get the streets behind him. You know, and once we see he got the streets behind him. He's done enough to get to, to get the streets behind him. Then maybe we maybe he can get that corporate pass and come upstairs and, and hang in the corporate suites with the other guys who are at the top of the league. But right now he's got to do some street teaming. I hear you know, you. he's got, to, he, he's, got I, to work, he's got to work he's got work that he's got to work that room. You know, get, build up a rep for himself on the first floor. I hear you. I, I, you know, kind of move the wait line, line is thick. The white line is thick.
3: I see, you know, no Russell, Russell looking at
2: him like, he can't get in. He can't get in if I can't get in. <laughs> Russell looking at him like, he can't get in if I can't get
3: in. <laughs> Russell ready to see, stab him. <laughs> I see no flaws in his offensive game. Zero. I I'll no flaws. I'll, I'll disagree there. I'll you
2: know, disagree there. You if know,
3: he, if he adds a little bit of low post, okay. But, you know, what perimeter players do have low post games in the NBA right, right. now? You know, I mean, right. count to five and I'll dare you to get to six. You know, so I think right now his game is, is, as, is as complete as offensively as a Carmelo in terms of what we saw in this series. Now, I haven't watched him enough to know if this series was an anomaly or if this is consistently what he's done this year. But I saw absolutely no weakness in his offensive game. I mean, he can put on the deck, he can get to the rack, he's aggressive, mid-range game, three-point range. I mean, he can do it all, you know, outside of getting on the block.
2: And, and I, I agree with you. He has the potential to do – I see a lot of T-Mac anywhere. He has that athleticism. He has that size. He can lock up on one end. He can, he can break you down. He can create for others. I think he's just got to tighten up his handle and not be so loose. I think at times he gets loose with the ball, and sometimes he sees stuff that ain't there. Um, you know, a couple of times he, he make a move and throw a pass, to somebody, in you know, in the first row. Um, but I, I agree with you on that point, that he has the tools. There isn't a lot that he doesn't have the potential to be able to do. Um, I wish I wish he had an effective, just like a go-to move, because um, it felt like to me there were a lot of times where the Pacers needed somebody to create a basket and create a good shot, and he was not able to do that. Now, albeit he did have probably the best, about the second best, Perimeter defender in the league on one, LeBron James, which I mean that make anybody look a little hard pressed to create some space. Um, but that, that that's that's the that's the thing with this Pacers team is are these guys going to take that next step, or was this just they got a steady diet of a team that was a bad matchup for them, and so some of these guys look a little bit better than they will over the course of eighty two because they had a seven-game stretch where they were going against a team that just really didn't match up well with their strength. And so it opened up some stuff that guys may not be able to get on a nightly basis. And that's the whole rub. Like, is Hibbert really a 20-10 a, a guy or is he 11-8, and 8, you know, or 12-8? and 8? Is, you know, George this 19-7-5 or is he, you know, 17-6? And three, who knows? So that, I mean, that's I, what we're going to yeah, yeah, but I think that issue is not about them. That Their issue, because of the style they play, is their point guard. And so if you put Jared Jack on their team, that team looks scary. It's because you, you need somebody, they need a, a floor general who's not scared of them all, but who knows how to make decisions and get there. I mean, I think that's part of their problem right now. I think they got all the pieces around them. But they don't have the
1: head of it. And, and that, and I
2: think that, that's, that's the next that, that's piece that's that we were going to go issue. into that's talking about issue. what they need to add. You know, and so you think they need to add that ball handler, that general, you know, that that guy who can who can come out and run the floor and, and run that team. Yeah, I think if they get somebody like that, I think that's what they need. I think it'll set their defense, and it'll it'll uh, it'll get people's shots and spots where they can have success. I mean, because they don't have a legitimate ball handler. And I think over time, George can be that point forward. I think his, his biggest problem is that he has all these different powers he doesn't know when to use them. He's like a superhero with powers, He he runs into buildings because he's not quite sure what to <laughs> do with them. He need to do with them. And that's, he's like, he, he learning new things every day. That's probably when you're 23 right. and you can do it all. You learn new things right. every day. Like, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could right. juggle a bird. Okay, bird young man like, like a young, young Spider-Man. Like a young Spider-Man. I didn't know that's that's I can grab a there bird. You there you go. He, he, he didn't know that. So he's finding things out by himself that I think in another year or two, he'll control those in the same way LeBron did. But I do think that need a really good point guard because of the way they play, the offense they play. And the other things. and they got to figure out how to keep West. If they can get them a point guard, and and keep some of these guys intact, then they're going to be good to go. And I think you know they got to think about what they want to do with Granger. Is there an opportunity to move him, package some things? I mean, I almost think they almost would have been better off with Collison. I, I mean, I, I don't totally like, but is more of a point than Hill, um, and they needed somebody like that who could get them into the plays because they they weren't getting into their offense. And you heard you heard them from the. On the sidelines, a couple times, catch was like getting into the offense. They weren't even getting into the offense. And some of that had to do with the heat. And some of that had to do with they don't have a peer, a peer point guard. They, they point guard they got right now is made for like the triangle. Get it down and go to the corner and wait for them to pass until you. Shoot three. That's what they got right and now. I, I think that's I think that's a good assessment. Paz, what do you think about the paces and where where they can get better?
3: I think I think they have all the pieces they need. I I disagree with with uh, D Wills a little bit as far as the point guard George Hill is certainly a third or fourth tier point guard so any upgrade there would be great but I think that I think he's a player that's continuously developing like I've seen improvement last year was his first year start like as a starter that was his first year in Indiana from the Spurs and I've seen improvement and I think he will continue to develop. I think their biggest challenge is to keep David West and hopefully Danny Grazier can come back healthy and they can figure out a way to play he and, and George together. And hopefully Stephenson, uh, Lance, the wild card, you know, is okay with his role of, of being a stopper, a defensive stopper or somebody they bring, bring off the bench. So, I think they have all the pieces, assuming that their young players, develop more, which I think is very reasonable to expect considering they're all fairly young players.
2: Okay. Yeah, and I think the piece that we can't forget is Danny is coming back, and that's going to add a whole different element when you add a guy who can shoot like he can. Um, as both of you said, keeping West is imperative. Um, he makes them different. He gives them an identity. That, you know, if they let him go, I think that to me that would be akin to when the Lakers lost Ariza.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Remember when they had Ariza, and Ariza gave them that extra. And he wasn't a key, I mean, he wasn't an all star, he wasn't a major guy, but he gave them that little bit of something extra that allowed yeah. them to be great, that allowed them to deal with those quick athletic wings. Um, and it's something the Lakers haven't been able to get back. David West is that kind of player. As you said, D. Wills, he, he, you look at him, you walk by him, and, and you get hurt. Uh, he, he, he's just, just physical. And he's a goon. He's a straight goon. I mean, remember, this is a guy that walked up the Dirk and tapped him on the face <laughs> like he was Piffin Merkle after the game. You know, that's one of those death taps like, yo, man, I'm not even going to slap you. I'm just going to you a little. Tap, tap, you cap
1: talking
2: about David well. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember
3: that? And even uh, Haslam, Haslam was going to go at in one of those games. I'm like, oh, this might be a real fight. Like, it's MMA Yeah,
2: yeah this may be yeah, balance yeah. in the palace. Ain't nobody breaking that up.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> crazy,
2: too. So, yeah, David Webb, boy, People talk around. Other than Haslam, folks was talking around him. You know, LeBron was talking to himself. One that says something was talking to himself. Yeah, yeah you Chalmers,
3: like that. Chalmers wrote that check. He wrote that check, and Haslam was happy to cash it for him. He's like, move out the way, man. Move out the way.
2: And Chalmers like, cool, no
1: problem.
2: <laughs> we were no problem. <laughs> that's what I love, man. I love to see that passion for each other, for your teammates, man, when guys care. You know yeah. what I mean? When guys care, they get after each other. They come in and, and stand up for each other, man. That's what. It, that honestly, that's what really endears you to teams in the playoffs and the players in the playoffs is when you see that passion, man. And it was good. to, be to We've been too nice. Now, we, me, 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 me and uh, Phil T got a little disagreement at the point. I've heard your 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 now your your analysis of the point guard position because I, I don't see Hill as a floor general, and I think they need a floor general. But I could be wrong now. I don't we. I haven't heard what you. I I, just, I guess I'm not feeling what you you fit on that. He needs some more rationale, PhD. Well, and I, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out. He's not a natural
3: one. Sure. I'm trying to figure
2: out where the improvement is coming from. Sure.
3: So I don't think you need a a floor general nowadays in 2013. Perhaps, but I think what you need is somebody that can make open shots when you have strong offensive threats like they have in George and Hibbert and West guys that are going to create space i mean look at the heat with Mario Chalmers and and Cole when those guys are making open shots and they can defend the other point guard i think that's good enough in today's game you know especially if you have playmakers on the offensive end so so you know and i think Hill does that hill can do that he can make open jump shots He's a decent defender, you know. Yeah, so for those reasons, I think that they can spend their money elsewhere in terms of keeping the pieces they have together. I mean, this team, man, they play for each other. The Pacers have shown me a lot. And so I'd rather see them build on what they have in terms of bringing in a new piece that may change the dynamics a
2: lot. But the the number one reason why they, they lost game seven, they have 15 turnovers. In the first half, and I would watch them throughout the playoffs. And one of the reasons why you have so many turnovers like that is because you don't have somebody who gets you in a sets where people get good shots. So if you look at like Memphis, particularly if your if your strength is having a really good post game, I and mean, if you look at Memphis and have what what happens when you have a good floor general, you get you get shots where you're supposed to get shots. And they didn't have that much. They don't have nearly the offensive firepower as as Indiana. And I think the reason, they, I mean, they went through the regular season near the top in, in, in turnovers. So that tells me that they don't have to, somebody who is getting them into sets, getting them the right type of shots, who can get them out of danger. And if he's not going to do that, then you, you're hoping Paul George then matures and can do that. He can be a point forward. And I just, I mean, I don't think that's a good, I think that's a team that needs a point guard. He don't really need a point guard because they have plenty of ball handlers. But so would I, I you move like,
3: Devon? Would you move say Hill and Granger's expiring contract? I think Granger has one more year, and Hill has at least another two or three. <laughs> would you
2: move those two for
3: say a Conley to fill that hole?
2: I, I might look at a Conley, or if if you think Hill is going to mature, if I don't know what their cap situation is, if they could get a Jared Jack, let's say Jared Jack comes off the bench in the way he did in Golden State. If you get, I'm just saying Jared, uh, Jared Jack hype. That can do that, then maybe you gotta, you know, what Jared Jack did down the stretch for Golden State late in games, he was handling the ball. You know, maybe you do something like that, then Hill can go and play off the ball. I mean, you need maybe a more veteran somebody if you think this kid can be that. They need to find some type of insurance because right now I don't have anybody come up. Being Augustine's not doing it, so right. I think if you if you believe in him the way that you believe in him, I'm just not sure he's that type of guy, and I think their team needs that. But if you believe that, then if you can find a Jared Jack type and allow for him to mature, then that might be a route. That, that That's the only other route I think you might take, unless you did a move like you just suggested. Mm-hmm. And
3: they had Collison. They they had yeah. a guy that fit that mold. You know, I, I would see a Collison and a Jack really on the same level in terms of talent. Uh, being floor generals, somewhat limited offensively, um, but can get the job done, you know, on a daily night, get you 12 to 15 and get you into your sets. And I just thought they were underwhelming with Collison. You know, I mean, it was a guy who demanded the ball. He, The offense has to run through him. And to me, sometimes when you have a lot of dynamic offensive guys, Sometimes the point guard can take away from that, especially one that needs the ball to be effective. And and I think Hill is less of that. Um, I agree, an upgraded point guard would really help them. But I think when you have limited resources in terms of the salary cap and trying to figure out your team dynamics, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if an upgraded point guard would get them more mileage than trying to figure out what they have you know, because if Granger comes back healthy, um, they're not playing a Jared Jack and a Hill. You're playing either or down the stretch. When well, you figure you got Hibbert, you got West, and you got two premier wings in Granger and George.
2: So the th- the thing you have to do is you got to have somebody who gets you in the sets. So the Heat, if everything breaks down, LeBron gets them into the right set and and that because you can't you can't continue to turn the ball over. I mean sometimes that gets you by, but against the elite teams, that's going to kill you. So it it costs you less. See, if you don't turn the ball, if you only turn the ball over seven times in the first half, they in the game.
1: That's right. If you turn the
2: ball over 15 times, that means you got to have somebody who can break pressure. You know, and and I don't know if they're going to turn I don't I don't know if the Heat are going to turn over San Antonio like that. Because Parker can break that pressure. So the difference of what a point guard does with those bigs, because you got to be able to get the ball to the post. So that's, you know, those are things. Their strength is in the post right now. I mean, they got other great guys, but the one thing they have that a lot of people can't match up with are those post players. How do you get the ball? there? somebody got to feed them. So I think that's my – so, yeah, they're going to have to figure it out, but they, the bottom line is they got to cut their turnovers down. Does Granger cut their turnovers down? I don't know. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to break it up. Break it up. We're back to your corner. <laughs> <laughs> back to we, your corner. We we tap girls like we did at the end of the corner. It was a good <laughs> shot. That's right. Oh, now, Miami advances. Miami well, advances. But keep your guard up.
3: I will, I will Floyd Ortiz. you now. Keep your guard up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: protect yourself at all times. Protect yourself at all times. <laughs> Marissa, <Well,
1: listen. laughs> <laughs> she's
0: about <Hey>. to get me touch.
2: Hey, I will fair before him yet. I'll allow it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know, she's, she's not good to me. She's wicked. She's wicked. She's wicked.
1: <laughs> man, we got to
2: touch on that, man We got to touch on Floyd signing up to fight Canolo We got to talk about that But first we got to talk about this basketball Oh <laughs> man, I know, yeah, right? We'll we, we come back, but, so Miami advances are not <laughs> Yeah, but, Miami advances What what weaknesses did Indy expose Out of the heat As we see as we move in And if you're the Spurs, what were you watching And be like, yeah, that's where we're going to go early on And see how to adjust you know, P A Z. What 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 weaknesses the Indiana exposed in the heat, if any? Oh, a huge one.
3: They the games will be every other day. You tell Timmy, make sure you're getting your eight to ten hours of sleep because we're giving you twenty to twenty five touches. Period. Period. I mean, their interior defensive guys are. I mean, Chris Anderson, as well as he's played. This cat was playing in China a few months ago. You know, I mean, <laughs> Birdman, Birdman. That's right. So you have to hit them in the middle, man. You have to. You have to hit
2: them in the middle. Okay, okay. Uh, so, and, and, it, and it did get exposed. And then he got by for a long time during the regular season, winning games, playing with a small ball lineup. And it just doesn't seem like that lineup is effective anymore. At least it wasn't effective in this series. Um. They, do you think they're gonna go back to that? Because um, I was looking looking at a stat earlier, and they only had their small ball unit out on the floor for three minutes yeah. during the series, and that's that unit of Chalmers, Wade, LeBron, Battier, and and uh, and Bosh. Do yeah. you think they'll be able to get that lineup in that lineup in particular on the floor more in this series? Because what happened against the Pacers is that. Battier just could not handle David West.
3: Man, David was
2: a West was just banging Battier. It was brutal. <laughs>
1: well,
2: well, but but that's what I think. I think it's fool's gold because Indiana has two unique bigs. They hurt you like they're physical. You know they uh, Hib- uh, Hibbert takes up space in the lane. Takes the lane away. That's not dunking. Duncan doesn't Duncan Duncan can score, but he's not punishing you the way those two bigs are punishing you. Splitter is doing well, but he don't punish you the way West and, and so I think plus San Antonio put their guns on pick uh, playing up Temple. They didn't build it on a half court game. And so I, I think that I mean, I know a lot of guys were saying it and, and I I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fool's gold. to me. I think yes, they're gonna go into Timmy, but But, you know, I don't think he he beats you up. He is hitting you from the ashy elbow. He'll get the post, but his post, he ain't like guarding Davis West down the post. He's going to score on you, but he's like, I was thinking about today, Timmy is like, he's like cutting you with a thousand slivers versus Davis West is basically dashing you with a a, a dagger. Like he's stabbing you, and, and, and Timmy is cutting you with razors. They both hurt. They hurt differently than somebody just, banging you in the chest. And I think that's the difference. And I don't know if that doesn't allow you to put that lineup on the floor because I'm very comfortable with the heat matching up that way. Uh, So I'm not sure if they go, because that's not the style San Antonio has been playing. And they don't punish you. Those big men will score, but they're not going to take a lot out of you like a David West and a Roy Hilbert. Okay. And see, you know, but then the X-Tax becomes Tony Parker. And what do you make of old French Tony? Because uh, the Frenchie's balling. I mean, he's playing at a high level. wee oui, wee. Oui, oui, oui. How how are they going to match up with the Frenchie, with the Frenchman?
1: Woo.
3: Well, I think we, first of all, we need to apologize to Tony Parker. Yes. We have been putting together top five point guard list for the past five
0: years
3: (laughs) and this cat rarely if ever makes a top five list recency effect says your recent behavior plays a big part in our perceptions of you so now we put together a top five list this cat's coming in at one two three four five somewhere in that top five and and so i just want to go out there and say tony i'm sorry
2: That's it. I I agree. Uh, you know I, I, I will I will give my my apology as well. Um, my bad. I I, yeah. I didn't know. I apologize. <laughs> I was wrong. You're my saying? bad. My bad. I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I claim ignorance. I'm no longer ignorant. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah. No, but Tony is uh Tony is killing it, and he's killing it. He's using, he still has that blinding speed, and you forget how this guy is still pretty young. I mean, he's 31, which, I mean, he's getting on the wrong side of 30, but yet and still, he still has that blazing speed. And it it also, his game for the last three or four years, has never really depended upon his blazing speed. It seems like he's gotten more savvy at using screens and changing speeds more so than just going one speed. You know, a guy like John Wall's got one speed and that's go. Um, whereas Tony Sparker has about, you know, he has about six or seven gears he can shift through, and, and, and he shifts through them effortlessly in one in one possession. You know, he can give you super slow, you know, lull you to sleep. He can he can hit you with a mid-level speed, slow back down, and then immediately transition to top speed, and, and that's what makes him really difficult to guard. It's going to be really interesting to see how the Heat handle them and how much time LeBron spends on him. 'Cause Because, I mean, you know, that's your ultimate, if you're spokester, that's your ultimate fire extinguisher. You know what I mean? Can't get going too much, get LeBron brain. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, bring LeBron out, put him on him. Hey, 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 enough of that. <laughs> Which, for LeBron, you know, I think we have to really start to look at this dude. Like, man, this dude is a bad man. Like, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no area of the game where he doesn't, has a meaningful impact on the outcome. LeBron
3: James is top ten, dead or alive. I'm just going to put it out there.
2: I can't argue with that no more. And that wasn't a question. <laughs> that was a statement. Yeah, <laughs> I can't argue with that no more. I don't know where D. Wills is, but that's where I'm at. Uh, he, uh, he's all in here. I said once he won that championship, he moving up on the list. And, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just doing it at a, 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 a different level. I mean, he's in that he's in that Matrix type whatever kind of. I mean, he's doing some stuff. I'm, gonna say, I'm in it. He's in my top ten. I just got to figure out who I'm kicking out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We do have to. We don't. We may have to revisit that because if he's coming in, I know at least with mine because he wasn't in my top ten. So he wasn't yeah. in mine. So somebody's got to come out. We got. I got. I got to go to the drawing board and have that. You know, have that personal conversation as who's coming off my list. I would say uh, you'd have to
3: take Kobe out, but you know, Kobe was probably 49 on your list.
2: Yeah, he, he's somewhere down there on my list.
1: So speaking of
2: speaking of Kobe since she brought since she said his name. <laughs> since she brought him up. Let's go ahead and talk about it. You know, the Spurs advanced to their fifth final. Well, yeah, this just said fifth finals. Their fifth finals, they're going for their fifth championship in the last fifteen years. I, the, to me, that's hands down, qualifies as a dynasty. You got a 15-year run where you're talking about being relevant, being in the conversation to win championships. Of course, they didn't get a hold out of them consecutively. They never had that big run that, you know, we, we really look at dynasties and define them by. But something about longevity, man, you can't really argue with it. And the Spurs have that. Well, with that, this entire span has – this entire run has spanned Tim Duncan's career. Now, the question I got to ask is, general public opinion says Kobe Bryant has been the most dominant player over the last 15-plus years. Hmm. I'm going to have to say I probably put Duncan ahead of Kobe. Yes, Kobe has more championships. But Duncan's win percent, he has a 700 win percent. His teams have a 700 win percentage.
1: That's
2: that's consistency. That's consistent dominance. Yeah. Over 15 years, I, I mean, we'd be hard-pressed to find another run in sports, in any sport, where you have a team that wins 70% of the games over a 15-year period.
1: Yeah.
2: So, for me... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of hey. it, he was giving he was giving the keys when he walked in the door. I mean, very yeah. few times you walk into a locker room where a Hall of Famer gives you the keys and say, "Young boy, drive the car." So, I mean, you got to talk about it. From the time he walked in, he was the he was the man for fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, as, as young Jeezy heard, as young Jeezy said last I heard, I was the man on these streets. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's Bye. Duncan's
2: mentality. That's Duncan's mentality. You know, he got to the finals again, you know, looked around and said, you know, last I heard, I was I was the dude out here. You know, and, and and yes he's not he's not extremely marketable. Yes, he's got this this flat affect, you know, his emotions he never smiles, he he's not shucking and jiving like the white. He also doesn't have the scowl like a Zebo. You know, you can't you can't there's nothing to mark there's nothing there. You can't even like not like him. You know what I mean? Kanye West once said, whether you love me or hate me, you're going to feel a certain way about yay." You know what I mean? And, and that's not the case with Duncan at all.
1: <laughs> all right? It's
2: easy to just be like, yeah, he's great. So? <laughs> you know what I mean? I I, I I know one Tim Duncan fan. One. <laughs> you know, you know legions of people that support LeBron. You know legions of people that are riding for Kobe. Even guys like Carmelo has big blocks of, of fans. I know one Duncan fan, period. <laughs> I mean, but that's, that's how Timmy is. But I think because of that, people have ignored the impact that this guy has had on the league over his career. And guy, a guy like Kobe, who is more marketable, who is more out there, who is more kind of a, a hot-button guy, has gotten a lot more attention and a lot more pub, probably because he plays in L. A. He plays for the Lakers, which is a flagship franchise. That that, that doesn't hurt either. Where do you? Who, whose whose era was it? When we go back in history and we talk about this window of times, whose era are we gonna give this? Who who we giving this era to? Is it Kobe's or is it Duncan's? Well, I mean, I mean, you I mean, people are ranking, you know, Duncan as the best power forward of all time. I mean, he's moving into that little room, and when you talk about these championships, you know, he's still the one. You know, everybody else is two A on his team. I mean, Parker's had some great ones, and yeah, they talk about the MVPs, but Duncan has been that guy through all those runs, and he set the dinner table. And he set the standard. You say he had, and like you said, he's done it with different styles, different teammates. I mean, he's had his core group, but they've changed styles. They changed. I mean, you think about the people who play with Duncan. Some of the cast, the who's who. I think, what the Ori they had? Um, you know, everybody's been through there. I think Steve Smith went through there, didn't he? So it was, you had everybody make that, and Duncan's kind of been this straw that stirs it all the way through. I think you can make a good case that it's his era. I would, I would support. I wouldn't argue that because I think it's been consistent and it's been at a high level. He hasn't had any dips. Okay. Any naysayers to that? Any anybody anybody? What what argument would a Kobe fan make? What argument would what what would the boy Damian Williams say? He gonna argue that, but you know, I know you probably come back with the win shares on him. And then he comes back with some kind of regression analysis, and then I lose focus. So I think everybody would probably debate it, but it's because Duncan is chilling back there on a, a drink of the soda on the river walk. He's not out there like that. And you just, he's like, every time you turn up, he's there. He's like the reliable person that's always there. You know, you you got an emergency, you look over, he's there. Uh, you, you had a wedding, you look over, he's there. He's there all the time, and you just you take him for granted. Um, and so I think we have to unpack that. But if you look at the numbers, you know it'd be it'd be a tough debate. And, and for the most part, he was the dog from the day he walked in. That wasn't true for Kobe. Kobe Kobe kind of had this, you know he was he was there as a key component, but he didn't walk in the door as a top dog. Duncan walked in the door, top dog, got the keys from the Hall of Famer. That's undeniable. And never gave him back. And I want to take this conversation a step further, and let's look over to the bench. You got Popovich, and you got Field. Now, Field's run extended an era beyond this, because he had the Jordan years with the Bulls, and he got a bunch of ranks there. But, oh, again, over the span of the last 15 years, who would you rather have as your coach of your team? Would you rather have Popovich, or would you rather have Field? Ooh. <laughs> I'll let Phil do Phil that Well, I'll let you go at that one first, Phil. I, mean,
3: I think both of these questions are excellent questions, the one with Duncan and Kobe. Um, but but you put this one in front of me with Phil and Pop. I would go with Popovich. And, and to me, you can't go wrong with either one, but I would clearly put both feet. I mean, I'm not putting my toe in the water. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. I'm, I'm cannonballing in behind Popovich. And the reason being is I feel like he's done as much as Phil has done, but with less. And I know some people, even myself, may argue, well, there's an art of managing and servicing huge egos. Like, And Phil has done more of that in terms of the players that he's had to coach. But if you look at it, in Chicago, I think Phil always had two of the best ten players in the league. You know, he always had the best player, in my opinion, uh, in the league when he won his championships. With um, Michael, obviously, with the first six. And then with Shaq and Kobe with the last three. Or, wow. Man, how many... He's won five with... L.A., is that right, or four? Five. He, he won, five. won five. He won them all yeah. with co- Yeah, he won
2: all the co- co- Right, co- I just
3: started reading his book, 11 Rings. I can do that math. So <laughs> I, I, I think it's a tough one, but with Popovich, you don't get all the drama. And that's when I'm starting getting a little excited right now. But yeah, when geez. I'm starting a franchise, I want a coach that if I have an issue with him – You know, if I'm a GM or I'm an owner, if there's an issue, we're going to keep it in-house. We're going to do it the Belichick way. We're going to do it the Popovich way. With Phil, Phil's going to get on the radio and try to get his – Man, I'm not trying to have that. I'm not. I'm
2: not interested.
3: I'm not interested in that. I'm not. And if that means I get five rings instead of 11, okay, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, especially considering – Popovich has done more or just as much with less, in my opinion.
2: Okay. Very sound, very, very sound, sound assessment, very sound argument. D. Wills, do you have any any qualms? Where do you stand on Pop versus Phil? Or do you disagree with PHD's assessment of the situation? So, uh, you know, my, my problem, and, and I got to try to just check my bias at the door. You know, I'm a pissing fan, so there's some pain. I, you know, I, I've always – Popovich has done it different ways. So he, he decided, you know, a few years ago he's going to play up-tempo. And he realized he was going to do that as a way of um, actually preserving Duncan. <laughs> so I probably go with Pop, Pop because – I think he does all the things right, and he doesn't necessarily need stars to win. he has one star, I mean, he doesn't need three stars to win or two stars to win. But if he has, you know, he's obviously had Duncan. But he knows how to put pieces around. I guess I agree with Phil about doing more with less. But I I think he's been a little bit more innovative. Where, you know, Phil clearly has this – he he hasn't used a triangle, but he clearly has a triangle. He has a way he does things. Popovich has been innovative and changed with his personnel – and still been at a high level. You know what I'm saying? If you think about what he's done over time. And so I, I might in one of the few instances would go with Phil. But there's a lot of coaches I would challenge with Phil. I would Chuck Daly, I put him up against Phil. Um there's a lot of coaches I put up against Phil. In addition to Pop Fitch. I so put so Chuck so Daly up It here. seems as if you guys are not believers in Phil Jackson as hands down the greatest coach of all time. No, I'm not. Well, no, I, I, think he, I think he's in the little room. Um, I definitely think he's in the little room. He'll <laughs> go to the little uh, room again, right? But, but little bitty room. I, 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 I know Papa not I let him get the big piece of chicken. <laughs> that there like right. Oh, so oh, he's room. in the little room, but does he get the big turkey leg? Right. He's he's the the biggest 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 chicken. Chicken. Pop pop I I I'll beat you over the head with a turkey leg with eleven rings on it, you touch
1: it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you'll believe Pop will do that. <laughs> I mean, Pop has done enough, and maybe this is more about Duncan, you know, he can he's created a culture where he can really get in and really coach his players. And there's something about him being able to do it. In a league where you say that the, the players own it. And that gets back to Phil's point, that he has a way of letting them understand the sacrifice that they buy into. I think that has something to do with Duncan, but I also think that has a lot to do with Popovich. Yeah, and I I agree. I think him and Duncan were the perfect combo. I think, you know, if stuff happens, and it just works. And this was a combination that just worked. And when you have that, you get success. But on top of that, and, and, and we should say sure we, we should we should get Steve Kerr on <laughs> to see what he would say. He played for both of them. That's true. It's true. He did. We have to he figure did. out how to do that. It'd be interesting to have him answer that question. He played for both of them. He's yeah. Yeah. And 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 the thing, and, and 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 that's the thing is that both of these a pop in particular has had multiple pieces come through that team, and there have been many yeah. different configurations of that roster in San Antonio. And I think the one consistent, there have been two consistent things. One is that you have the steadying force of Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker as your core. But then around that, Pop has always been open to playing young guys and developing young guys. And to me, that is what has allowed this run to extend so much. Like, you know, People come into that. You know, guys come into that veteran team, a veteran locker room, and you expect young as young guys. You probably anticipate. I'm not going to get a whole lot of run. Pop will play you. Pop will live with your mistakes. He will coach you through your mistakes. So, because he knows he's going to need you at some point, you know, and that's where he gets that. That's where he gets that buy-in from young guys. Is that you're going to make mistakes? I know you're going to make mistakes. My job is to coach you. <laughs> through those mistakes, if you knew it all, then why the heck am I here? You know what I mean? Otherwise, I'm just subbing people in and out of the game and calling plays. That's right. And I think that's where pop is a little bit different. Phil is more of a personality manager. Phil is like a good shrink, you know, and you need that. With certain teams, you need that. You need a guy to manage egos. It's the NBA. Every dude there has always been and has always been told that he's the best around because he has been. He's the best in his neighborhood. He's the best in his high school. He was the best in his state. He was the best in his college. You know, that's how guys who get to the NBA, that's how they are. I mean, that, that's that's the t- kind of a uh, top 1% athlete basketball player you're talking about. So, me, you've got to have that person to be able to manage that kind of a locker room. The other thing, you got to have a guy who can teach, and I think that's where Popovich, if you're giving these guys ratings, that's where Popovich's bar may be a little bit higher than Fields, you know, because Phil gets a lot of credit for the triangle. But that's Tex winner. You know. Jim Clemens was a great coach too. He 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 came up with a lot of schemes and that, and I think that's where Phil kinda of was more of a CEO. You know, I'm gonna get the right people in the right spots. I'm gonna manage it. I'm gonna man, I'm gonna let them do the X's and O's. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a say in it. We're gonna talk about it. We all gonna have input. But what I'm gonna focus on is getting these guys to play as a team to sacrifice for wins and to come together on that front. And Pop does the same thing. He has guys who he works with who help take some of the X's and O's load off of his plate. But then Pop is also a teacher. He also likes, still likes to teach guys the basics of the game, and that's why he gets the Kawhi Leonard's, the Danny Green, the Gary Neal's, the Patty Neal's. Tiago Splitters, DeJuan Blairs, that's where they get production out of those guys because he's built those guys up. None of those guys was highly highly thought of coming in, but they're all key players, and he teaches them to fit into the system. So I probably lean with Pop myself um, because I think, with well, Pop, you can extend your run much longer. Where Phil, you kind of got to get some guys who already get it, who already are kind of ready to roll, proven, they can they they can they they know the game. Where well, I think Pop, you can bring in different kind of pieces, and as long as they have the skill set, he can get them on board. And the other thing that Pop is great about is if you ain't fitting in culturally, you ain't fitting in culture wise. You're gone. You're out. And so guys get it right away. So, you know, I th- I think I go with I think I have to go with Pop. So we got about five minutes left. So we got to pay some bills. So let's go ahead and, and and do that real quick. Like, now we're going to get into our Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upstate technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So what did the Real Sports Guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads, PCs, to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at for your custom technology solutions today. Alright, this is Digital Dog of the Week. We know how it goes. P.A.D. We need more dogs. Tracy McGrady, he might be the X Factor
3: in this final finals matchup with the Spurs and the Heat.
2: He played very well against Memphis. Yeah, T-Mac gets the ring, does that change our perception of him? Nah. (laughs) He he, he spent the first six years, couldn't get past the first round. He couldn't get past the first round his first six years. T-Mac gets nothing. That's just just a joke. It's totally a joke. How ring happy we get as a society, man, counting these rings, man, and sports fans. You know, I just have to throw that out there, man. That was, was, was a joke I, I, me and my brother had a chuckle about talking about T-Mac, you know. Just because getting all the same, now he's got a ring. Uh, D-Will, you know how well, goes, brother. I, yeah. We need more dogs. I, I'm going with LeBron James. And, and, and really it was about the moment when he realized he had to go back to Cleveland. You know, Biggie talked about going back to Cali. He had to go back to his Cleveland mindset, and he had to look at the other two and realize, you know, I'm not having it.
0: You know, they're not
2: going they're not going to be clowning me. And he and you can see the moment where he said, "I'm not. I don't care how you my boys, but there's something bigger than this. you either come with me, or you stay there. But we ain't leaving." And, and the guys try to do what they could do to come with him, and, and that for me is just another level of his growth. That I'm appreciating, and he even talked about it on the air after uh, after the game that he got into him, and that's something that you would never hear LeBron say uh, in years past. Okay, okay. So for me, my dog of the dogs. week. My dog of the week is a co dog of the week. I have a co dog of the week. It's fitting. Bring it back full circle. Grant Hill, Jason Kidd. Cold dogs of the week. Both of them wrapping up banner, careers. Jason's much more stellar than Grant's, but Grant was just, the way he handled everything in his career, this is a guy who could have went way left after things didn't go well. He kept plugging away. He came back. He salvaged the last few years of his career and was able to play to almost 40 years old. That's unbelievable. Both of these guys Um, in their primes, were all-time talents. Um, You know, Jason Kidd being a guard coming out of Cal who couldn't shoot, a a guard coming out of Cal who all he really could do was everything else but shoot. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, And so him being able to carve out a long career as a point guard, who flirted with a triple-double every night. Um, And then later in his career, turned himself into a spot-up shooter that speaks to this guy's basketball, actually his love for the game and his work ethic and his approach towards the game. Then you got Grant Hill. You you know, in baseball, you have the term 5 tool. You have to view... You have to view Grant Hill as what you would call a 5 tool basketball player. A guy who could do everything on the court, did everything on the court, Really well I mean He was LeBron Minus about 30-40 pounds Back in the day Before he started Having ankle problems um, Just an unbelievable Player Great statesman For the game Had to talk to both These guys For finishing up Hall of Fame career So That does it For this week's Edition of Real Sports Guys RealSportsGuys.com RSG Re- Renegade Radio Holler at you Next week This is RSG Crew signing off Peace